All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Why are the playoffs better at Boston Pizza? Because we've optimized our sports bar experience by studying in-depth analytics. Starting with our new BP Wing Ribs, currently leading all apps in wings above replacement, and deep-fried pickle wedges, an early favorite for the unanimous number one overall pickle. And, of course, the advanced stats darling and leader in pints per game, the new Beer Mosa. Catch the playoffs at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, a Thursday, April 27th edition. And Daily Faceoff Live is presented by Batano.ca. The game starts now at Batano, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. He's former NHL netminder, current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great. I'm all amped up. <laughs> Last night's games were a little bit of wild, a little bit unexpected, and and it's just, dude, it's been awesome, man. Like, a lot of things that I never would have thought would have happened, Frank. Big show today. We've got Nick Alberga coming up to discuss an all-important series clinching game potentially for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We've got three games on the slate tonight, including, as mentioned, two elimination games. We'll dive in. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock, and let's start with the Seattle Kraken. Speaking of unexpected, they've now got the defending Stanley Cup champs on the ropes with a chance to advance to round two on Friday night at Climate Pledge Arena. And when you look at this game, Mike, was this just summing up the Kraken and their season sort of in a nutshell? They get contributions from Morgan Geeky, Yanni Gord, 
And Ty Cartier, who makes his NHL debut, that's their 13th different goal scorer in this series on a night in which they don't have their leading scorer in Jared McCann out with an injury. They're able to overcome the Avs, who were without Kale McCarr and Valerie Nichushkin. What, like, this series... If, I could not have predicted it more differently. I thought this would be a short series and a sweep for the Avs, and yet the Kraken have a chance to knock out the Cup champs. Yeah, I had Colorado winning this series in six games. I thought crack, the Kraken would be a thorn in their side. On Monday on the Daily Faceoff show, Frank, I pretty much pronounced the Kraken dead. I didn't think they had a chance to come back. I thought the switch had flipped. Well, you know, you take McCarr out of that lineup for the Avalanche, and he's a bigger piece to me. I mean, as good as Jared McCann has been for the Kraken, look at the scoring that you've mentioned. It's been very diverse for them. So I think Makar out's a bigger piece, but just in general, what surprised me about the game was how solid the Kraken played defensively, Frank. Like, Philip Grubauer's been really good in this series, but last night, man, it was just an unbelievable performance from the Kraken. They only gave up six high-danger chances, five on five, and only two more on the power play. So... Like when you walk into a building at mile, you're a mile high in Colorado and you stifle the other team, the defending Stanley Cup champions for the entire first period, that leaves a mark on them. And, and I think the I think Colorado lost their composure at mm. points in the gate. We saw that. And from then I think the crack and just feasted on it. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at this, this. the sequence here. This this directly results in a goal. McKinnon's reaction. The guy that he's doing that in front of ends up being the goal scorer. Like it just yeah, that can't he? that can't happen. Nope. And where's he? Trailing the play, late coming back. He's busy yelling at the referees. And I get it. McKinnon's an emotional player. He always has been. But this whole fever pitch around officiating, just knock it off, guys. Play the game. Like let it go. Watch this. By the way, it wasn't a penalty. They they clip no, skates. Mean, like that's that's not a trip. Oh, watch him beat the glass here. Like, this is just childish, man. Like, that's immaturity. Like, you're a Stanley Cup champion. Stop it. You would have prevented this goal if you just played the hockey. So, I think I think that was a part of it. And the Kraken just stayed focused, man. Simple as that. You know what? Um, when you think of the abs and you mentioned losing their composure, where did this composure and goaltending come from from Philip Grubauer? A 918 save percentage on the series. This is the best goaltending the Kraken have gotten in franchise history. Where's this been? He was pretty good down the stretch for him, Frank, undercover. Like, his numbers weren't great, but he was winning games, and you could feel that he was getting it back. I always thought Grubauer was one of the top goalie skaters in the NHL, but he needed to rein his game in a little bit. For me, he's been a lot calmer in the crease. He hasn't chased as much, and part of that, he knows that team on the other side, Frank. It's all his old teammates. It's usually advantage goaltender when they play against their former team. Feels like the Philip Grubauer revenge tour that we're seeing take place after a few dismal seasons for him in Seattle. Um, it's been amazing to watch the Kraken. Can't wait to see that environment on Friday night. Uh, let's talk about the Florida Panthers. They forced game six with a win over the uh, Boston Bruins, in which I would best describe them, Mike, as fearless. They go in, they take the lead, they don't back down to this Boston team who you know, found a way to continue responding. And what I love about the OT winner, we're going to hear from Paul Maurice in a second. Matthew Kachuk has been the face of this entire thing. Sasha Barkov may wear the C for the Florida Panthers, but it is abundantly clear to me who that team's captain is as they now 
go to game six on home ice in South Florida. The Bruins just making life a little bit more difficult on themselves. Olmark had his gaffe. But let's listen to Paul Maurice. Yeah, he's he's sort of led the charge and dragged the Panthers into the fight. But he's also got some composure, too. Listen to this. Chin to Matthew Kachuk. Just what can you say from your vantage point of what you saw as he was able to find the back <laughs> of the net? That guy is a... Uh... And then you put a long string of profanity, gamer. Is he, is he not a gamer? Like, I had to tell me how many times he did that in Calgary to us in Winnipeg. Drive me crazy. How he could just, out of nowhere, pull a puck. So, I don't know, there's what, 700 guys in the league, 640 of them jam that thing as fast as they can at the net and lose it, and he pulls it across. Right, he's got, he's just a gamer. So good, Mike. I, I absolutely yep. love seeing that from Paul Maurice. And he's right. He is a bleeping gamer. But more than that, how many guys, as he said, would have actually fired it into the defenseman's shin pads here is covering for Olmark? Yeah, there's some poise. And you learned that by working goalie camps in the summer. Uh, I think the RGA Goalie Academy in St. Louis when Kachuk was 15 is probably where he learned to pull it across the front of the crease. Um that's actually a complete lie. He just has poise with the puck, man. And he's always had that about his game, Kachuk has. Like, you look even um, in game game four when he went between his legs to score, finding a lane. He has a creativity to his game that's at a different level. And you combine it with the tenacity and the intensity he plays with, it's a tough package, man. Um, and I thought last night it was really a bookend game for Florida in some ways, especially for Bobrovsky, man. Bobrovsky made three huge saves in the first yes. period, Frank. A two-on-O, uh, a three-on-two, another clean break. And then at the end of the game, end of the second period, or end of the game, I mean, on Marchant, stops a breakaway, and another one early into the overtime. So, you know, the Panthers got goaltending at timely timely saves when they needed it. They managed to, con to at least convert when necessary, and they were just plucky, man. Like, they blocked a lot of shots. Um, they shouldn't have won the game, honestly. <laughs> I mean, the Bruins were the better team, but the Florida found a were way. And I think. I, they, I mean, I know what I the shot counter said, team. and I know that. No, I, I just, know. I, I thought the way at... that they continually had a response for Boston, you know, I, I really liked what I saw from Florida. Not saying yeah, the Bruins like, are like, in trouble either. No. I like the bounce back they had. I like that Sam Bennett was awesome for that team. But I also think that Boston – like, Allmark didn't have any rhythm to his game at all. Like, his rebounds were off. He gaffs on the last goal. By the way, both, both of his players skated right at him, Frank. Grizzly skated right at him, Zaka down the middle. Allmark didn't have an outlet. And then he flubbed it because he panicked when he saw that. So it wasn't just on the goaltender, even though he gave it away. Um but I, I thought Boston was way better. It's just that Florida kept responding, man. And to me, that's a mark of a plucky team, but not a team that's going to go deep in a playoff. Yeah, I'd have to check it out, but I think the Florida Panthers record is pretty good since Big Walt Keith Kachuk called that team soft on yep. Toronto radio. Pretty, pretty good. Soft. Let's talk about the New Jersey Devils and New York Rangers, the Hudson River rivalry. Uh, the Devils bounce back in a huge way, stealing both games at Madison Square Garden to draw even. Game five goes Thursday night in New Jersey. When you look at this series and really how the Rangers were put on blast by their head coach and Gerard Gallant, I saw what he said publicly. He did not hold back. I can only imagine what he said privately. Uh, their best players clearly have not been good enough. But I also think it's, it's more than that. It's a style and structure thing that... We talked before this series opened, Mike, about the idea of these two teams playing totally different 
styles of hockey. You saw in the first couple games how the Rangers had their way. Then the Devils, you know, certainly put their stamp on it as well. Who do you expect to emerge now in game five as, you know, being able to dictate that style and pace of play? Well, for me, especially look to five on five, like the Devils have just kicked the Rangers' head in the last couple games. They've possessed, they've done everything with the puck that they want to. Um, and, and the Rangers can't just rely on their power play because you saw that the Devils were able to shut it down in the past few games, no matter the fact that the Rangers had opportunities. And and I think the Schmied factor is real for the Devils. I think the Rangers look at this big 6-5 goalie now and they go, oh, geez, like they can't just pump pucks into his feet. They're missing their high shots. They're trying too hard. But they're not getting out of their zone either. The Rangers aren't, Frank. So, like, that's not just on the Rangers' forwards that aren't producing. Zibanej had Panarin, no goals. Lafreniere, zeros across the board. Adam Fox is the only guy that's got this team moving out of their zone. And honestly, Turk's system, Gallant's system's kind of loose in that way. And I do think that the Devils have more structure in getting goaltender with Schmid that makes him dangerous. But this, guess what? The Rangers have also had a goalie who hasn't allowed more than two goals in a game yet in this series, Frank. So this is a dogfight bound to go seven, if you ask me. I can't – I still think the Rangers get past them. I'll put it that way. I think their power play wakes up. But the Devils aren't going away, man. Yeah, I agree. And I'm glad you brought up the point about Chesterkin because as well as the Devils done have done drawing even, they still haven't really scored enough. How do they get more past Chesterkin? Well, it's, he's like any goalie that you can't let him see the puck clean. I know that getting his eyes, right? So everybody says, no, the key is getting lateral movement on the puck. And the Devils have always been pretty good at that, right? If they get their rush game going, it's one thing. But in zone, it's got to get zipping across the middle of the ice so that Shostrykin can't get his feet set. All right. So one of our elimination games tonight, Mike, is the Vegas Golden Knights going up against the Winnipeg Jets. The Golden Knights have a chance to punch their ticket to the second round against a wounded Jets team. Not only Josh Morrissey out, Mark Scheifele expected to be out as well. When you look at this Jets lineup and you look at uh, the issues that they've run into on the injury front, Vegas has been able to take clear advantage of that. Do you expect the Golden Knights to close it out tonight? Yeah, I do. I had this series go into six in Vegas's favor, but I think it's done tonight. And you nailed the key component to this, uh, I think, Frank, is really just the health. Vegas battled in injuries for a decent chunk of the season in the second half, but they're completely healthy now. Um, I mean, the only player that you're questionable about is Will Carrier. Thompson is still out, uh, the goaltender, but hey, Bersois played very well for them. So if Carrier draws back in, Bruce Cassidy's got to make a hard decision who comes out of the lineup. Like, is it Brett Howden who scored two goals last game? Is it Barbashev who's been a key component since he was picked up? Amadio who's played great hockey? Is it Phil Kessel? I don't know. This just shows how healthy Vegas is. And I think their blue line's better in the first place. When you take Morrissey out, uh, it's tough for Winnipeg. And Winnipeg's been chasing big time. Like, they're, they're so focused on hitting Stone and Eichel, uh, the big dogs for Vegas, that I think it's created a lot of lanes and seams, and it's allowed Vegas to get their rush game going, which is a big strength of theirs. So... Another factor is for Hellebuck, man. Like, he's got to allow two goals or less for his team to win. Down the stretch, Frank, the last 14 games of the year, Hellebuck didn't allow more than three goals. But he only won eight of those games because the two, the nine games that he allowed two or less, he was eight and won it. And if that's the threshold against Vegas, as well as they're playing with Stone back in the lineup as well, that's awful tough when you're also missing your top defenseman in Morrissey. Yeah, that is tough. And Nikolai Ehlers is expected to play in game five, which would be 
A bit of a juice for the Jets uh, boost. He did participate in practice wearing a regular sweater uh, on Wednesday, so is expected to go. But when there's plenty of time or will be plenty of time to break down where the Jets are at. But when you look at the future of this team, if they are to bow out in game five of the first round, injuries aside, how big of a change would you make to this Jets group moving forward this summer? It's, I mean, they were so heavy, so, so heavily dependent on Hellbuck all season, Frank. Like, how do you not move out core pieces, whether it's Wheeler or Shifley? At some point, you got to shake the bottle, man. Like, you can't just expect it to keep going the same way. So I think one of those two big, do big dogs up front, maybe both, I don't know. But I'd expect there to be decent-sized changes in Winnipeg. I would too. And, and then I think you ask some of those questions, and then perhaps – Maybe the next one to ask after that is Connor Hellebuck also do an extension. Maybe you think about moving him as well. Certainly could see some significant changes for the Winnipeg Jets as they try and keep their season alive. Game five on Thursday night. The other team trying to keep their season alive on Thursday night is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's dive into that matchup uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs with Nick Alberga from Leafs Morning Take. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Today's all 32 on Daily Faceoff Live is presented by Boston Pizza, and it's powered by their new Fanalytics menu, deep fried pickle wedges, beer mosas. They've got the Fanalytics menu that makes Boston Pizza the perfect place to catch the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's right. We're joined today by Nick Alberga of Leafs Morning Take. You can catch it every morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, as part of the Leafs Nation with Jay Rosehill. It's a great program. Nick and Jay have really built up. Uh, something special and a loyal audience as well. So check it out if you get a chance on their YouTube channel. Nick, I'm going to put it to you really simply. What will the nerves be like in the city of Toronto and the GTA if the Toronto Maple Leafs lose game five? 
Uh, Frank, great to be with you guys. Uh, I'd say very, very high. Um, certainly the demons are playing a factor. Uh, having said that, I think there's a bit of a confidence in the air. I'm in downtown Toronto. I have a lot of friends who are Maple Leafs fans. And there's like a cautious optimism that this is fun of the year. And I think on paper, people are expecting the Leafs to maybe have their best performance of the series. Granted, they are trying to slay Goliath. It's been an uphill battle for, you know, since 2004. But I... I think there's a, a cautious optimism in the air, but I can tell you if they lose this game, people are going to start to say, here we go again, Frank. Uh, it's, <laughs> I'd hate to get to that stage if I was in the Toronto yeah. locker room. And, you know, I, I agree with a lot of the assessment that, hey, Kyle Dubas went out and got things that address the grit of the team. I've been impressed with that. They've stood up to whatever the Lightning have thrown at them. Um, but I still, I still do question you know, if they're at that point where they feel the goaltending, the defense, is this going to hold up for this club, right? Like, I think Samsonov was shaking game one, but he's been good since. He managed to get the win even in overtime. So do you think that that feeling of, of not just toughness, but even the ability to get the puck moving forward from the D is where it needs? And is it malleable in the future? If they need to put Lilligren in the lineup, do you see anybody coming out? Well, that's the interesting thing to me to get to your first point about the goaltending situation. You know, a lot of the narrative and conversation, and understandably so, has been around Andre Vasilevsky, 4.33 and 8.56. But it's not like Ilya Samsonov has been J.S. Chiguera from 2003. I mean, let's call a spade a spade, 3.72 and 8.76. He's been okay. He's been good. He's made the saves when needed to, to make and, and called upon, especially late in the game, whether it be OT or the third period. But... I think from a defensive point of view, and that's why, guys, famous last words, I'm on the under in this game, six and a half. It has to hit at some point in time. I think from a defensive point of view, I think both teams want to lock in defensively. And that's why I think you'll see a mistake-free or an attempt at a mistake-free first period where I think both teams comprehend and understand how big that first goal has been throughout this series and how leaky the defenses have been. I think you look from the Tampa perspective, not much is being made about Eric Chernak not really playing in this series. He, he's an unbelievable top four defenseman in my world. And missing him, I think, has really, really put Tampa in a tough spot, especially those point shots. And Mike, you can speak to that. I think from the Maple Leafs perspective, I think tenfold, they've been much better defensively, but there's still room to grow. Like I like to think back uh, to late November, early December, where every night it didn't matter who was in that Leafs lineup. You knew that effort was going to be there defensively and they were going to be like very, very tight defensively. So we haven't seen it from either side. And, and maybe it's more of a testament of who's playing offense in the series, too. Yeah, it's a good question. And speaking of who's playing offense, what about the Toronto Maple Leafs and their lineup? What do you make of Sheldon Keefe's decision? Michael Bunting eligible to return after serving his three game suspension. Keefe says that uh, Bunting will get back in. It just won't be in game five. Right call or wrong call? It makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go with the right call. And I love Michael Bunting. Back-to-back 23-goal -back seasons. He's forged a lot of chemistry on that top line with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. But as you see on your screen right there, you don't want to tinker with that fourth line. They've been really, really good for like three months now. And I think you want to keep them together. I think it's just a tough move to take Alex Kerfoot out of the lineup, especially after he scores the OT winner the other night and probably feeling pretty damn good about his game. Matthew Nyes, guys, as you know, has been an exceptional story in a handful of games so far in the NHL. So ultimately, it came down to a couple players in my world. It wasn't going to be Nyes. It probably wasn't going to be Kerfoot. So it came down to Lafferty and Zach Aston Reese. And I think what happened is that the fourth line won out because they've been so consistent night in and night out down the stretch, and especially here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I think they made the right call. And we were saying this on the show the other day that I think it's like the trump card they can use 
if they don't win game five is say, hey, we're going to put Bunting into the lineup. You would have to think he's going to be a bit reinvigorated, uh, looking to prove something uh, since that suspension in game one. So I do think it was the right call here. 47 goals and 112 points for Michael Bunting over these last two regular seasons with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Nick, I understand the argument just from a pure emotional perspective. This is the team that got you to this point over these last three games. This is, you know, a guy that plays on the edge. I'd throw him in there just for the idea of having the Lightning have to chase this guy around the ice for a little bit too. Maybe that takes them off their game, not just takes the Leaf off, Leafs off of theirs if he commits a penalty or something unseemly again. Uh, Going to be fascinating to see it all unfold. Can't wait to see all the emotion that's in the building in Scotiabank Arena as the Toronto Maple Leafs are chasing down their first Stanley Cup playoff series win since 2004. That's Nick Alberga. This is the All-32. You can catch him every day of the week, Monday through Friday, on the Leafs Morning Take with Jay Rosehill. Thanks, Nick. My pleasure. Take care, guys. All right, Mike, time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hashtag AskDFO. You got a question? Fire it into the YouTube chat for us. We'll see if we can get to it if we have a couple minutes left over later in the show. How many Game 7s will we see in Round 1? Well, I think we're going to see 7 to 8 here, Frank, because I don't think... Uh, oh, Game 7s. We're going to see 7? Hold on a second. Game 7s here. I thought we were looking at 6+. plus. <sighs> I think we're still going to see five at this point, Frank. All right, so which ones do you think go to seven? seven. Um, I think New Jersey and the Rangers for sure go in seven. Yep. And I think Minnesota and Dallas has a real good chance of that as well. Kraken and the Avalanche now we're going to see as well. That's three of them. And I wouldn't be surprised if L.A. and the Oilers get there too. So there's four. The wild card one for me, Frank, is going to be – um, that series between the Panthers and Bruins. I still think it's going to be done early, but what do you think? Do you think it goes to seven between them? I'm going to say Kraken, Avs, Rangers, Devils, and dun-dun-dun, Leafs, Lightning. Three. Perfect. Leafs, Lightning. Ooh, man. You got it. Oh, here comes the hate out of Toronto for you, man. No, it'll be somewhere between that, I think. These series have been so close. I mean, I just, I root for chaos and that's peak chaos. So that's, uh, that's yeah. what I'm all about. Let's get to uh, Tyler Uremchuk in our daily face-off Batano daily bet segment. Tyler, how you doing? I am doing not bad, gentlemen, not bad. Uh, getting ready for a nice night. Three games on tap in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Let's jump right into it, courtesy of our friends at Patano. The game starts now at patano.ca. And I'm going to start my picks today with a total. I'm going over five and a half between the Jets and Golden Knights. Why am I going over five and a half between the Jets and Golden Knights? Because it's hit in every game this series. 5-1-5-2-5-4-4-2 have been the finals. Minus 128 on that over as well. I like that payout. So I'm going over five and a half between Winnipeg and Vegas for my first play. And up next, I am going to that Leafs-Lightning matchup. And honestly, I can't bring myself to choose a side in this one. But I do like the Austin Matthews shot prop. He's hit it in back-to-back -back games with seven and five. 
So, averaging six shots in his last two, you're giving me almost even money, and I just think with that crowd buzzing, Austin Matthews is going to try and take over that game. Maybe he won't actually score, but he'll be firing a lot of rubber towards the net. So I like Matthews to hit a shot prop for a third consecutive game, and that is a wrap for my Botano Daily Bets, Frank. I like the uh, Jets Golden Knights over as well. It's interesting. You know, you look at the save percentages for both those goalies. You're thinking maybe Hellebuck can give you a, a night where he steals one for the Jets. I just don't know if I see it based on the injury report. Uh, that'll bring us to garbage time with Mike McKenna. Mike, what's caught your attention? What's caught your eye from around the NHL? Well, this morning I saw that the NHL's announced that they're going to be working with Roblox, the gaming not system, I guess, Frank. Like, here's how much I know about gaming. What I know about gaming is that my 10-year-old daughter absolutely loves Roblox. And now the NHL is uh, going to be entering that fantasy world where kids are able to make their own characters and they can now customize goalie masks under their own Roblox username and have their own jersey and numbers. And, and I'll tell you what, man, like my daughter's squirt team, they were all playing Roblox together this year, Frank, you know, and I think that this is a pretty big deal for the NHL to enter this market. You're trying to grab uh, one of the main points was that they're trying to grab kids in the nine to 12 age range, right? Well, almost 25% of those kids play Roblox. <laughs> so you've got some low hanging fruit there, Frank. I mean, you've got kids similar age. Are they playing Roblox as well? Yeah, Roblox, uh, Minecraft, they're all in that. And you said, I think, yeah. did you refer to it as like a virtual world? Like it, it, this is just a kid's version of the metaverse is essentially what this is. So this yeah. is kind of where it seems like technology is move, moving in the future in terms of interacting. And yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like my kids are on it all day long doing different things. And now to have a hockey component to it, to be able to customize jersey, things like that. Uh, certainly think this is hitting the right demographic yeah. because that's the big thing is like, if you're not playing hockey as a kid, what's your incentive really to get into the NHL? Like how do you rope casual fans in? This is one way to do right. it. Yeah. And that's, I talk to people and they're like, well, you know, kids need to be going to games. I'm like, no, kids become hockey fans through YouTube now and through clips and hopefully now through Roblox. And one of the cool features, it's, it's going to have 3d goal creek goal recreations from the Stanley Cup final using the league's puck technology and player tracking technology. Like that was used by Disney in the latest movie, Big City Greens that they did. So, or, or the game that they did. So like, there's some pretty high level stuff here that they're going to be able to recreate and try to get the kids involved. And I think it's a big deal, man. I think it's a good deal, good thing for the kids. And it'll be kind of exciting to see how it grows up in the metaverse, like you say. Yeah, I'm interested to see how big it becomes. I wanted to fire one question your way from the YouTube chat. Chris Noss says, could Seattle be a sleeper pick with the way they're playing? I think Chris means, are they a cup contender if they can knock off the abs? Cup contender's tough. I would see them, if they get past the abs being on that same trajectory as the Golden Knights in their inaugural season, there's something special going on for sure. But you put the Kraken up against some well-oiled veteran teams that won't be missing a Kale McCarr for a game or two or a Nachushkin. I think it's a tougher road. Yeah, I think I would say continued count out the Kraken at any of our own peril. Like we were saying, yeah. you know, going back to 2018, like Vegas can't make the final, can they? I'm not saying they will. All I'm saying is the rest of these other teams, Dallas, Edmonton, they're probably looking, seeing Colorado on the ropes and they're like, yes, this is great. A wide yep. open Western <laughs> conference. 
I don't know what that means in terms of team psyche because it kind of feels like the Abs haven't really taken the Kraken seriously. They've definitely been the hungrier team, which has been very noticeable through the first five games of that series. Mike, that'll do it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We'll be back 12 noon Eastern on Friday. You know where to find us. Until then, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the Stanley Cup playoffs. And also check out my top 20 trade targets, which dropped earlier this morning. The full top 20, dailyfaceoff.com. We'll see you 12 noon Eastern on Friday. Take care and enjoy the games, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.